I think all of us will start to experience as you get better at coaching, your offering matures and the people at your market mature as well. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions, but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, I've also created video guides to walk you step-by-step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Hey guys, I'm excited for this episode. I have a brand new friend. Her name is Allie. I asked her to be on this show because she has a thriving business. She just started coaching coaches a few years ago. And today we're going to get to take a peek under the hood to see what her business is like and how it's become profitable. Allie, can you tell everyone a little about you? Yeah. Yeah. So I have been a health coach for 16 years now. Um, when I started off, we were called health counselors. So I would say, that, <laughs> I would say I'm an OG, but I heard OG means old guy. That's like, so I'm like, no, I'm an OG health coach. Um, but yeah. And I created my own signature methodology called truce with food. And it's been featured. My client's success have been featured in prevention magazine, Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, I did four years on the NBC show in, in Philadelphia, um, are you from Philly? I'm not, but I went to grad school there and I really built oh, my it. company there. And I'm from Philly. You so, are? Yes. It's my favorite. I mean, I have lived in <laughs> London, Paris, New York, every, like I've lived in so many places and Philly is my favorite. I grew up right downtown. So, okay. Where did you live? 20th and Pine. I lived, I owned a place at 12th and Pine. <laughs> yeah, it's such, it's such a great city. I miss it. We live in Florida now and I miss it. It's been like 12 years and I have considered getting Philly tattooed on my back. <laughs> oh my, I, I always say Philly is like where I grew into like the woman that I love. <laughs> I love it there. And my sister still lives there. She actually just bought a, a row home on Delancey street. They're going to get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, um, created that, um, and I started off, um, with individual clients. Did you create that in the beginning? Because I think, you know, one thing we're going to dive into in this episode is how to set yourself apart from other people. And you saying right away, like, this is my method. This is what I did. Did you create that right off the bat? Or did you have your like bloopers kind of falling and trying to figure out what to do? And then 
Can you? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question because yes, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> Hit me. Yeah. So I, when I first started off, I was the, I mean, the market was very different. I mean, I was started in 2006, no social media, a lot of newspapers didn't even have health sections. Like so much has changed. So I was giving people grocery store tours and teaching them about, yeah, right. (laughs) Because we're the OGs, we're the old guys. (laughs) And so, you know, you know, like educating people about kale and my clients were still calling it quinoa, like no one knew it was quinoa, you know? Um, but what I found is after we both went to IIN, so we're, we were familiar with primary foods. And um, I found that after about the fourth session, people stopped talking about food. And, and I was someone who was very open about my own emotional eating and something that I had worked through. And so I started to like, like some things would work, some things wouldn't work. And I was like, what's going on? And then I had my own health challenges. I had had cancer as a teenager And I had had a lot of gut issues and I really glommed on to functional medicine and IIN. So through that, again, functional medicine is really big at the time, like nobody had heard of it. And I thought like this miracle cure, which it's really effective, but it's not the answer for everyone. But I was able to reverse my IBS, my acne and my depression through healing my gut. But then I couldn't keep it up. And I was like, why can I not keep this up? Like I would binge when I was going for my scans to make sure my cancer, you know, had was still in remission, even though it was like 10 years out. And I was kind of like, I know cancer feeds on sugar. And I know that, I know that nutrition helps. Why am I doing this? Or when I was starting off as health coaching, like, can I help people? Can I not? And I'd come home and like emotionally eat. And so I was like, what is going on here? And so what functional medicine had given me more than anything is this systems understanding, right? Like things that you think are diagnoses for me, IBS, depression, acne. Oh, those are symptoms. So I thought, what if falling off track is a symptom as well? And that took me to grad school. And so I had you brought my own personal experience. And I think anyone wanting to create their own methodology, you have to follow your own curiosities, your yeah. own experience, and you're going to be able to create something based on that background that, you know, in grad school, I went to Penn in Philly, I learned all the different methodology, all the theories, all the methodologies. And when you go in to work with the client, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> like no theory can explain everything. But when you bring your individual experience, you are bringing um, a level of like we discount personal experience, I guess, is in the scientific field, personal experience is like, oh, you're an N of one. But I'm here to tell you the conventional system is not working. <laughs> and a lot of our academic theories, even around coaching, I mean, they don't even include the body. It's like, you know, like when you're talking, you know, CBT will be like, oh, people are ruminating their thoughts. Well, I'm like, maybe their blood sugar is crashing. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, so I started to see the gaps in what coaching theories, like, first of all, leaving out the body, but also, you know, um, coaching is dominated by white men. And I've never seen one book targeting inner critics at, at men. It's always like, oh, women, you have this inner critic. So I was like, huh. I found out these inner critics are actually inner protectors. Like we're actually savvy. We know where we might get dinged. We know, you know, all of the the ways that we have to monitor ourselves because of the systems that we live in. So, and I'm very interested in big systemic structures and how they influence our idea of normal. So 
I took all my little curiosities and like what worked for me and then knew the rules of coaching. So knew how to break them properly. <laughs> and I really started to expand out my truce with food methodology. So it started off as a six week program about four years into, well, I would say three years coaching full-time and the name just kind of came to me. Um, that was something that I'm a big, I'm very scientific, but I'm also very spiritual. You're very and, intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Intuitive. And I think a lot of us who are doing this work right now and are early adopters, we are the, you know, we're, this is, this is a calling, you know, is what I think a lot of us who get into it. So I was like a truce with food. So originally it started off as like five lessons of just it, crowding out foods. And then I tacked on one positive psychology exercise that, because when I was in grad school, I initially loved positive psychology and I still like it, but it's, you know, you go in and out the yeah. more you phase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also learned where in the change process that makes one of the theories of that makes sense. So I think when you don't understand the whole change process, you're learning all these tools and you're like, when do I like no tool works for everyone. You don't know when to work it, when to use it, when not. Right. So my grad school education did give me that. Right. But I still had to practice it with people. So it started off again, just to kind of recap 2010, I, the name came to me, Truce with Food. And I've had to live into what that actually means. I realized there's so many layers to that, Yeah. Uh, but I knew enough just to do the six weeks. And I remember it was in person at Iviyama. I don't know if you know that spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I like made green smoothies for everyone. And I was like lugging these like, you know, things. And then um, these like bell jars of, of green smoothies. And then as I think all of us will start to experience, as you get better at coaching, your offering matures and the people at your market mature as well, right? It's like, okay. You attract so, your, I think as you get better at coaching, you attract your ideal client. Yes. Like true dream client. 1000%. And that's like a give and take, but you have to still be coaching. Like you can only get there by starting off, you know, doing what you, you know, then. So then I started to get more into, oh my God, I love why people fall off the wagon. I am, I think it's, it's, I have a really unique take on that. Um, our industry in general cannot solve for that fitness and nutrition. It's known that people start, stop, start, stop. Um, and I felt, and I was seeing it work for people, even though, again, I knew some of the rules, but knew how to break them. And once you have that ideal client and then you're, you're updating, upgrading your own offering, then I think you can get really efficient at marketing and, and yeah. your, your specific flavor and your voice, because a lot of people say, you know, you've got to use your voice, but that takes time to develop. Well, but I know. You I think of so many coaches who they'll put social media out first before knowing their offer. Yeah. And it's like. How are you really speaking to people, to your ideal client when you don't know what you're bringing them to? And they're yeah. like, well, I'm bringing them to a discovery call to lead them to what? <laughs> I so it's it. like, get super clear on what you want to be known for and what you offer. And yeah. I'm talking about this methodology. It's like really set yourself apart. Look at all those different unique experiences that you have and how you can put that into a methodology. 
Yeah. And I can give you two really great examples of, so yeah. I have my own certification program and it's, you know, my process is called truce with food, but the certification is called truce because it just helps people with stubborn change. There's a difference between starting habits and stopping bad habits. So this is really the stopping bad habits. So one of my clients who got certified, she's a naturopathic doctor and she's also sober from alcohol. So she just, so using the truce certification, she knows how to help with the stubborn change because she can order all the labs in the world for people, right. but she will tell you that doesn't necessarily help people change. It can give them a clear map, but she created a program called Swell and it brings sobriety and well together. And it's really helping oh, wow. people who are a couple of years into sobriety and they need the physical support because again, everyone's trying to get sober without understanding, you know, first of all, like how their blood sugar works and how that creates anxiety. And a lot of people who get sober, then they turn to sugar. Right. Um, and I work with a lot of people who are sober and they'll tell you food was their first thing and then alcohol. Yeah. But the point being is she brought her unique background as a naturopathic physician. She wanted the coaching ability because that's where you can really like give people value that not a lot of other people are able to provide of that sustainability factor, but she brought her sobriety and she's like, I get it. And I've never struggled with alcohol. So how would I know that people's bodies are like really struggling when they're sober, right? It's like, so she brought her background. Another one of my clients, um, she had a therapy background and she also had a spirit, a ministry background. And she took the certification because she wanted to help female clergy who really struggle with self-care and they need yeah. it. They're caregivers and they're burnt out. Yeah. And she created her signature program, Restore, right? And so she, she knows all the intricacies of what female clergy go through. And she's worked with them for, for several years. And she has her own background of inner family systems and other, oh, other, wow. other tools, but she needed an entire process to kind of, you know, the true certification is kind of the bones. And then you got to put the meat and all that, your voice and all your experience around. Yeah. But that's a great example of people who are bringing all their unique experiences and what they've had to, who they've worked with their own challenges into their own process. Let's talk about marketing for a little. Yes. I love that you brought that up right at the end. And then we went into a rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can rant. I can rant, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> so you and I are both OGs. We'll say, oh, <laughs> we'll we'll just keep it at OG. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> um, the way that we market ourselves was much different than how than what it is today. So yeah. can you talk about some of the ways today that your clients are marketing themselves and that you even still market your programs because you're still coaching? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the, and again, this is kind of dovetails to this and then we can get into more tactics, but I think having a powerful offering is yeah. so important because I think sometimes we have self-doubt and uncertainty because, because coaching is a craft, like, yeah. you know. Yes. And, and we're, and it's a new field. So like, if you're a lawyer or a doctor or a dietitian, you have built in internships, you have built in mentorship, you know, and we, you have to find that because what I've found the most effective marketing, and it sounds OG, but is relationship word of mouth marketing. So, so many of my clients in the early days, they told their integrative doctors about me. And then yeah. all of a sudden their doctors were, and that's one of my clients, Laura, who got certified in truce. She's like, I have client, I have doctors contacting me because my clients have told them about this. And so I think, I think relationship marketing for me um, is 
like the key. So there's, let me say how that works out. So that kind of stuff is, and I will also say I've had two of my clients featured one in Philadelphia Inquirer, one in Prevention Magazine, and both reporters, one reporter was a client who was like, we need to be talking about this. And then I had a client who was willing to talk about it. But then another reporter found me. She's like, I just heard that you're doing really great stuff. And she featured one of my Philadelphia clients. They did a whole spread on her. Like, and I got a ton of clients from that, but I didn't have to go out and get that. Now, having said that you do have to go out and market. So if I think about relationships for me, I'm always trying to um, get people to know whether or not this is the right fit for them. I'm not trying to like create scarcity and like, cause the work that I do with people is pretty deep. And so it's like, if you're not ready, we're both going to be miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, doing this. <laughs> so what I found is actually when I left Philadelphia in 2014, I, I mean, I started my business in person, you know, yeah. um, I did in-person groups. I did in-person talks. And when I knew I was leaving Philadelphia and my network was there, everything, I started my podcast. And for me, I think with coaching, what we're selling is intimacy, right? I really think that's a big piece of it. And podcasting is so intimate. Um, and so even if people don't want to do a full-fledged podcast, you know, giving people a chance to have a longer experience with you, I think is so important. And then after that, I think as you grow up in the business or you get better at what you do, you, your clients can bring you into communities. Like I teach in a lot of communities. I have one um, woman, she's not even a client. She just loves my content who brought me into Parsley Health, which is an amazing company. Seriously. Yeah. To train their health coaches on when people fall off the wagon. Um, And so I think we get caught up in this day and age um, that it has to be Instagram. It has to be Instagram, but you can really like make it much easier for yourself by doing good work, showing up and meeting people who believe in your work and they can bring you in. I've, I've also had clients um, bring me into their companies and pay me to speak. And then I get clients from that. So um of course you still have to do your own stuff, right? Like, I don't want to make it sound like everyone's just finding me. That is not true, but it's just been easier and easier so that as time goes on, it gets easier and easier versus the algorithm changed. And now I have to like figure that out. So, um, I kind of went off on a tangent, but that's (laughs) marketing that, (laughs) that I think you still do a lot of in-person talks. So I don't, so, so we, so I started the podcast and that enabled my reach to be global and be, to be different. Yeah. And one thing I want to say to people, because I think a lot, and I used to do this is I used to compare myself to like, who was popular. I was like, oh my God, they have like a hundred thousand social media followers or something. And it was interesting to me. I would meet some of those people and they were like, oh, I'm working a part-time and there's nothing wrong with this, but I'm working a part-time job because like, or you see somebody, I remember when it was like, everyone wrote a book. Yes. It was like, I'm in real estate. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, well, you're not coaching full time. It's not that it's bad, but it's no. like, you just want to compare yourself to somebody who is coaching full time. Yes. Yes. And, but the same way that not every diet works for everyone, not every, you know, mindful eating works for everyone. Like there's no business plan that like, yeah. And it's the same way we can know. And I think us as health coaches, 
we know like diets don't work. We know that not one diet works for everyone. And so I'm, I just want everyone to know, like not one business plan works for everyone. I and- love that you said that because yeah. I think, I think especially these days you can get caught up in so many different like tech platforms and courses <laughs> on how to do something. And it's like, you might be taking a course on how to build your YouTube channel, but it might not even be the best fit for you. Because yes. somebody said that you have to do YouTube or somebody said you have to do you know, a webinar every month or a challenge every month. It's like, you have to find the median that really works for you. You do. And um, Michelle Warner, who's an amazing business strategist, she always talks about sequence over strategy. And she's like, any tactic can work, but where does it work in like where you are in your business, right? So it's like, okay, if you like my group programs, I like them small. I price them at around $4,500 because I don't, I want to work with less people and go more deeply. So now if I wanted to switch that model, if I wanted courses of 500 people, you know, then I need a traffic strategy right. like Instagram, but also just for people listening, you got to really also understand what business you're going to be in. Because if you're in a traffic strategy, you might be in the business of the algorithm, right? Yeah. Like if you... Yeah. So you have to, like, I remember when I first started off, a lot of people approaching me about selling supplements and I never wanted to do any of that. But I was also like, if I did want to do that, I'd be in the business of networking constantly to find more people. And e-commerce. And and (laughs) e-commerce. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to run an e-commerce store. You know, I want to coach. So I think it's really important for everyone to think about what business am I really going to be in? Because if you're also running a program with 500 people, you're going to also be in the business of customer service. Have Uh, you always in your coaching, have you always done groups or did you do one-on-one? Yeah. So I started off with one-on-one and then I was starting to see patterns of, oh, this is the same stuff people need to know. Right. Um, And so then I, I started, I left my corporate job and I started IIN at 2006 and I left my corporate job in 2007, about a year later. And speaking of part-time jobs, I think I left too early. I I mean, I didn't have any financial support. I had two months of savings and I thought wanting to help people was a business plan, which (laughs) let me tell you, is not a business plan. (laughs) But when you're 29, you know, ignorance, (laughs) ignorance can help you sometimes. Um, And so pretty soon you real, I I had a, I had a lot of clients. I mean, you know, and I was like, I'm getting burnt out and I'm hitting a ceiling financially of what I can do. And I, you know, I was paying for grad school myself. So it was like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. Um, And so I started with group programs uh, around about three years into it, because I felt like I knew enough of what, what was enough that people, everyone, it would apply to everyone. And then once I went to grad school and really learned the whole process of change, which is different than a, a tool here like ENFT or nervous system here or IFS there, I learned where all of those make sense in, in the blueprint of change. Then I was able to really bump up the price because I was bumping up the value of right. what I was offering people. So I hate when people say, you know, charge what you're worth. It's like, no, we're all priceless. Don't hone in on your expertise. Yes. Level up that and then increase your price. Yeah. And so now, and I think another big, I just, I love groups because I think, um, I just think that the participants get so much more value and they progress faster because my area of expertise is, you know, people's relationship to food and why they fall off track. And so there's a lot of shame in that. And everyone thinks they're alone in their struggle. Yeah. But when you start to get around other people who you can relate to, it's like, 
the shame, the ability to like really look at what you have to look at just dissolves so much faster. And I mean, you have, you know, there's a way to create a safe space and all that stuff um, and facilitate well, but so many of my clients, they continue, they meet people in the group and they continue on and keep in touch with everyone. And it's just, it creates a uh, more value. Yes. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. Community. yeah. So people love groups. And I think even, I mean, we're in the age of Aquarius, which is all about community. <laughs> I pull from all frameworks, <laughs> but I think it's, um, if it's a well-done group, people just, they just, they love it. I mean, I, I, people tell me like, I can't believe the level of what I've learned. They also know, like they learn questions to ask that they wouldn't know to ask from other people. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've been doing groups since 2010 and now, I mean, I still have some private clients, but I mostly do all groups. Some of my clients are famous and they don't want to be in a, you know, in a group because their schedules are off the charts or like they have, you know, they have PR people to manage their image. I mean, there's like a lot right. that goes into <laughs> when you're the brand. Um, so um, but also some people just want to work privately, you know, so I still have that. Um, but that kind of markets itself at this point. So I don't really have to, you know, um, do that. But again, I've been doing this for 16 years, so I don't want to imply that it just happened overnight. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those overnight successes. I, I I've seen them. They happen for some people, but I would not say that's the majority. Yeah, I think I've become a little jaded because I'm like, but how much money did people have to become an overnight success? Like, yeah, how much did you have to put into Facebook ads? How much yes. did you have to, because I know growing your business organically, I definitely think is the way to start. But I definitely know that like when you get into ads, you're going to exponentially grow. Yeah, yeah. But you want to make sure to your point, do you have the right product fit, the right you have the right product? Exactly. Yeah. Like, have you done your market research around your freebie? Have you done your market research around your ideal client, around your office? Yes. And that's that sequence versus strategy. Like if you're starting with Facebook ads, you're just going to waste a lot of money. But if yeah. you do it the right time, it's like, oh my God, the value yeah. was exponential. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think in building your business was one of the most pivotal steps that you took? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I mean, again, I don't think everyone has to go to grad school, but I think becoming masterful at what I did because I, to learn how to scale coaching is really hard, right? <laughs> because again, the way we go to go back to, there's not one business plan or diet. There also isn't one way that people change in terms of like, if someone knows they need to decrease sugar, drink more water, do whatever those things are. The reality is everyone's going to have a different path there, right? Like if you're a caregiver, I know you're a parent, I'm a parent, like what my, everything had to change once I had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's just one example um, of a thousand. Um, so really learning to, to build up process that meets people exactly where they are in their lives is like, to me, that's been the game. Like that's been pivotal. When you created your methodology. Yes. Yes. The other thing was podcasting. And again, <laughs> I think, but, but I don't, but what I want people to know is it podcasting might not be for you. It's what medium do you shine in? Like I can go down, I'm known for nuance, complexity, depth. That's a great medium right. for podcasting. Right. But if writing is your thing, if video is your thing, where are your gifts and talents? But I think just have engaging in conversation because again, I think coaching is selling intimacy. And if people can really feel like they get to know you and that you're credentialed and that they can trust you, that goes a long way. 
And then I, I, so I think that the podcast was a huge um, turning point. I also think, you know, I did do an NBC segment in Philadelphia on their show for four years, once a month. And I think that gave me, I love doing it, but it also gave me confidence that like, I don't know, it was like a street, it was like a credibility builder, right? So sure, I'm that, sure. How could yeah. it not be? <laughs> like people don't watch TV anymore. So that would not be a strategy to do. <laughs> At least I don't watch TV anymore. And then I think as I, to your, when you're talking about Facebook ads and stuff, I think once I really honed in on what I was doing, what I offered, and this was really, I'm also, I also was funding everything myself. So I just, like, if you have outside investment, you may go faster than I did. But it wasn't really until probably like 10 years into my business that I really, I hired someone to help me with my positioning um, to be like, okay, let's bring all of these ideas, all of the stuff that you help people with. Like, let's really get clear on a tagline, a brand, a look and feel. So, and I had other versions of that on my website, but I feel like that positioning helped me know what lane to stay in and what to keep coming back to. Um, And then I think after that, it's been, like hiring people to help me. Um, I come from a very middle-class background. And so the money mindset is like, how do you cut costs? And, you know, again, being an OG, like there, the market is very different than when I was first starting out. And so it's, um, even though I believe in my offering and all that stuff, it's still something to like, if I'm going to invest in this, it has to pay me dividends. So finding the right people is, that's a whole one, that's one thing. But then knowing like, is this the right time to do this so that I get my money's worth um, has been the other thing is getting the help that people who know what they're doing can really help you with. And I think that's such, I think that going to ring true for so many coaches who are listening, because I know the pitfall is finding the right people who can actually do it and not waste your money. And then knowing what to outsource. Yes. Things that you need to keep to yourself and what to outsource to to alleviate time so that you have that time to one, not stress, but two, to really coach. I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like before I I had my son at 41. So I was like, you know, 10 years into my, or I guess 29, 11 years into my business. But before I had him, I had all the energy in the world. (laughs) I I had all the time in the world. And I also, because of chemotherapy, I went through menopause early. So after I had him, I was going through menopause while I was postpartum and it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I've just come from three years of the underworld, but like (laughs) all these new insights, but I was like, wow, I value my time as much as money now. Like I, and again, I'm 16 years into my business. My husband and I are in our forties. Like we can, we're like, okay, well, we don't have an energy. We can pay for energy at this point, (laughs) but I pay people because it's like my energy and time is just as important anymore to me as money. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm spending everything, but I think as entrepreneurs, we really need to value our time energy, which all falls under capacity. You know, you only have so much. Um, And I mean, I remember actually, you know, I, you and I've connected because I hired someone to pitch me to podcast and it was like, I was trying to do it myself. And then my son's daycare was closed like two times back to back. And I was like, Oh my God, what would a man do? He would hire someone to help. Him. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, Cause it's like, I only have so many hours if daycare is canceled. So. And I um, think a lot of coaches who are listening to this are working either full-time or they're part-time and they're thinking about their time as well, their time equity. 
Yes, it's a huge thing. Um, and I don't think I really understood the importance until the, until the last couple of years and like 12 years into my business when I just didn't have any other choice. So I think that's held me back um, in some ways. I mean, what's holding back? Where are we going? You know, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't, I mean, all this stuff is relative, but maybe I could have um, done more faster if I would have, you know, really valued that, that time equity in a different, you know, earlier. What would you say to the coach who finds himself quitting constantly on their train? Well, I, I mean, think because we're talking about like stopping bad habits and really yes. that neuroplasticity, like really making change. What do you think? Where do you think it comes from something deep that keeps? Yeah. Them? Well, I think two things. When people ask me about health coaching, I'm like, the question isn't if you want to be a health coach, it's, do you want to be in spiritual boot camp for the rest of your life? <laughs> because yeah. you're going to come up against your issues. And I think when people are stopping and when they stop, the question I always ask my clients when they fall off the wagon, but this is the, in, when, in my true certification, people go through the process themselves. And usually they bring a business challenge to, to work through right. the process. And the question I want them to ask is why does this make sense? why does it make sense that I'm stopping instead of berating themselves? And it can be, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I, right. I, I'm afraid of more visibility because that was dangerous in the past or so starting to understand what the real risk is, um, is I think the, the starting point, cause then you can address that. And that the work that I do is I talk about how our stories live in our bodies. So yes, mm -hmm. it's neuroplasticity, and it's also the nervous system. It's also that feeling. I People confuse intuition and instincts a lot. Intuition is based on patterns. And this is why intuitive eating can be really challenging. Because if you've never really tuned into your hunger yeah. or your, you know, and then your food supply, our food supply is designed to interrupt those. But our intuition is often based on really dangerous um, or like, un, I wouldn't even say dangerous, unsafe. So if, I'll give you an example. Um, when I was, I was almost burnt out and stopped in 2015 in my own business. And I found myself just really alone. And I was like, this is so hard. Um, and, but I did my own process on myself. And what I realized was I had been bullied as, um, when I was in fifth grade. And so reaching out to build community with sister, you call it sisterhood with other yeah. women that felt so dangerous to me. And so it, we, mm. and, in the truth method, we call it the noble protector. And then there's the inner protector. So like, I was so afraid of being rejected, but then I would compare myself and be like, well, I'm better that way, but I'm worse that way, but I'm not that, but I'm this, but, it, and regardless if you, if it's like good reasons or bad reasons, I was still alone and stuck. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I need to start connecting, not just with anyone. I don't want to just connect with anyone. Cause I, I also can't pretend to like people. So that's <laughs> another thing. <laughs> So it was like, where can I find the people whose work I really admire and start putting myself out there? So figuring out like, oh, this is coming from, this has nothing to do with my business. This is an old story because I really was bullied. And I think all of us who are women, I've had really heartbreaking friend experiences, you yeah. know? And it's like the people who I've, you know, loved the most in my life, have, meaning female friendships have also been some of the hardest for me. And I still, and I have great friends, but our bodies remember when we weren't safe, you know, it's not the stories. I yeah. love that you dive deep into this because I always say when you are starting a business, you're really going into therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, 
starting a business is the way to look at yourself, your shit, you know, all of that stuff that, that is like looking at the mirror. Yes. People are like, you're so self-aware. I'm like, it's because I run my own business. That's right. Because <laughs> every time, I mean, even this last part of like, why, why is it so hard for me to hire people to help me, you know? And it's like, oh my God, I'm like firstborn daughter, you know, I'm hyper responsible. I know how to get shit done. And it's like, but I had to look at like, but, but, but you know, great people you have, you know, like, you, like, so kind of just understanding the programming that, that why all of your current behaviors make sense. And then really starting to figure out, but what's important to me now, you know? Um, and so I think, I think starting and stopping is very common. I also think what I've seen with the coaches and practitioners that, that train in, in my certification is there is a lot, I feel like this has happened recently, but there is a lot of garbage out here. You know what I mean? And if you yeah. really care and you really want to do a good job, it's, it can be hard to find, you know, I'm, I get targeted Instagram ads, like build your signature methodology in six weeks, you know, right. and if it feels icky, it's like, cause it is, you know? <laughs> um, so it's also finding the right people that I think align with your values is like a really good place to like, I think that will get you going faster. Um, because it's like, wait, there are people out here who want to get good at what, what we do, who want to, you know, really be happy in their business, not just always be chasing an algorithm or, you know, ever. Um, or, you know, I always ask like, are these people defining success the way that I define success? Because when I was in my early thirties, I was, you know, I was happy to be working all the time. And now I'm just like, I, I can't, like, once I, you go through menopause, you just can't push the same way. I have a toddler. Like, it's just not what I, it's, I just don't have the capacity to do that anymore. Right. Um, so I, I got really clear, like, what is essential for making impact? Like, I'm more concerned about impact than busyness anymore. And um, I think, I think that also ties into the fact that it's like our business evolves with us and we, yes. as we grow and our different likes and our different needs, our business does too. And the same thing with our niche. It's like, we can evolve with our niche, but you want to get super clear on that because your methodology is not, you don't want to work your ass off to get this put together and then abandon it. <laughs> right, right. And I love saying your point about getting really clear on your niche, because especially in the beginning, your niche will mature with you. Yeah. Right? So they will like, you know, they will follow along and they'll be some of your biggest champions of like, I'll test this out with you or I'll come to your program now yeah. that you're offering this. Oh my God. You know, that's, that's what happened to me um, is as I evolved into more deeper stuff, people who love the grocery store tours who, you know, <laughs> but they were like, oh my God, you helped me get to this. And now I'm struggling right. with this. So um, getting clear on who those people are is so critical. And again, it's iterative, but you have to, you have to do the work to start to figure out who those people are. You definitely have to do the work. I yeah. think you're not gonna, I feel like you have to do the work to get super clear and then you have to do the market research. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that part because it's scary. You have to reach out, you have to talk to people, but it's like, what do you think coaching is going to be? Yeah. <laughs> and people love talking about themselves. Yes. Yeah, I, I think sometimes a lot of people who get into coaching, we're caregivers, we want people to be better and help. And we always think that if we're getting something from it, it's taking, you know, in, in my, in my process, we call it the accommodate pattern. It's like, oh, win, lose. If I'm getting something, someone else is losing versus it's a win, win people. Yeah. 
I've done market research things. And as I'm asking questions, people are like, oh my God, this is this huge aha. Thank you. Like they thanked me for that, you know, the, the interview. And I was like, thank you. It was win-win, you know? <laughs> so yeah, but that is what coaching is. Um, and I would just, I also think people just start with, with whatever affiliations you have. You know, I went to Penn yeah. State undergrad. I gave a talk at the Penn State Women's Network. I was working in commercial yeah. real estate at the time. And this woman who, Kathy Carr, she was a huge champion of other women. She's like, come talk to the crew. It's this commercial real estate um, women's group. Um, so I gave a talk. I mean, I was working there and I was like, wow. I'm, I'm doing this on the side. And I got three clients from that, you know? Yeah. So you just have to start with people you already know. And then it branches out. I always, I remember an exercise when I first graduated, they were like, write down 20 people that you can contact. And it's like doing those simple things. It's the same thing what you're talking about. It's like you want, maybe you don't have a podcast yet, but you want to get on people's podcasts, write down 20 podcasts that you want to get on and what you're going to pitch to them. And learn how to pitch because you and know, learn how to pitch. send really <laughs> shitty pitches. <laughs> but what you're talking about is that's a skill set, right? It's like, I think sometimes we think I, you know, I think especially if people, if we're comparing ourselves to people who are the are influencers or whatever, we think that these people are chosen magically. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who, who I've met in, in over the years who have built some of these big wellness brands, there's entire machines behind them. It's yeah. the, the, no one is chosen. Yeah. Everyone is doing, they choose themselves over and over again. <laughs> and there's, I mean, I am, I mean, I've heard of some shady stuff, like people buying their own books to get on the New York times bestseller list, but there's also, oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I was saying. but there's also very ethical stuff going on. Yes. But it's just like you think that celebrity just happens to love X. No, that that person that that celebrity has been contacted by the company and they are being given white glove service, you know, <laughs> to to promote that product. So I think that's a big thing that that coaches need to understand is like everyone who who is big, there's a whole a whole business behind that. Like no one is just yeah. well, and I think I think I think coaches just need to do that work, need to do that deep emotional work. Like what we were talking about. It's like, why do you want to quit? The same thing as why, when you, why, when you wanted to start, yeah. what was that? Why, what was that feeling in that emotion? Yeah. And I think also let people know that there's a, why not? That's the work that I yeah. do. With people. It's like, there is a, why there's a gas, but the, why not? But again, it's like therapy. If you really break free from that, you're going to, you're going to access blind spots. You're going to access what was constricting you. And then you're going to get to live the life that, that you want. And you're, you can, I mean, that's at least been my experience is like every time I hit some sort of, oh, this is hard. Oh, I don't want to do this. If I really understand why does this make sense? Why, why is this hard for me? And what do I really want to go for that? Can, it just, it, you have to just make that a practice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Yeah. Yeah. I want to follow you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a podcast called insatiable. Um, and that's, it's more for like consumer level stuff. Um, but, but a lot of, um, a lot of therapists and, um, other coaches tell me they listen to it and use it for their, <laughs> for their work as well. Um, and then I'm at on Instagram, I'm at Ali, A-L-I-M Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O. Um, and then I'm, AliShapiro.com. And I have a newsletter there that goes out once a month. And oh, and yeah, I offer free community calls every month. If you're interested oh, in nice. 
Yeah. Work for yourself. That's been a big marketing thing to develop relationships that I think is great for all coaches. Like just invite people to a free call where they can ask you questions to start to develop a relationship. And then you have your Yeah. And then if you're a health coach, who's interested in, you know, creating your own methodology and having those bare bones, I do a free call for coaches where we help troubleshoot and mentor, because I think that's a huge gap in our industry. So you can go to uh, alishapiro.com backslash disruptor to attend those monthly free calls where we talk about different theories and tools, but also workshop where people are stuck with their clients. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Make sure to follow this amazing woman. As you can see, she'll take you deep. And that is what we all need as coaches. All right. Have a good one. Bye, guys. All right, guys. That is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.